Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Hey, Christy. Hey, Meg. How are you doing? Doing well. I am so excited for our guest today. Me too. He is, he is a legend, period. (laughs) Yeah, he's a legend from the hill and from before the hill. Yes, exactly. Even before it was, anything was constructed. Yeah, I just feel like this is going to go, it's a treasure that's going to go down in history of really seeing what, who the university is and where we've come from. I agree. He's a super humble guest. And when he talks about different things that have happened in the history of the university, I am just sitting here in awe. And I really feel like our listeners are going to get a really complete picture of the journey that God really had in mind for the College of Steubenville to Franciscan University today. Right, to who we've become today and are continuing to become. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's a champion of the university and just loves it and has a really cool beginning. Mm -hmm. He has a really cool story. Yeah, so stick around. Buckle up, everybody. There you go. Um, So without further ado, today we have Dr. John Irvin. He's a 1958 graduate who studied biology and chemistry so that he could go on to dental school. So before he went to dental school, he married the love of his life, Judy, uh, went to dental school and joined the military for a short bit. And then he owned his own practice in Steubenville, which eventually then he joined with his son and his son-in-law in their dental practice here in Steubenville. He has five children and many grandchildren and great-grandchildren who have all been a part of this story at Franciscan and have attended it. So in 1997, he received an award for service to the university during the 48th annual Founders Day dinner. Um, He was on the board of trustees for many, many years from 1977 to 1989. And now he's a trustee emeritus, which I didn't even know we had, which is so, if anybody deserves it, he does. Um, So he attends many events and occasions here on campus. And he has just seen the university grow so much and we cannot wait to hear about all of his memories and all of his hopes for the future for Franciscan. Welcome Dr. John Irvin. Thank you for joining us today. I'm very pleased to be here and to have a little discussion with you girls today. <laughs> yeah, well, we are, we're excited to uh, we're excited to hear all about your experience at Franciscan because you have a lot of you have a lot of history and a lot of different roles. Yes, then that I do. Been, been around for a long time here at the <laughs> university. <laughs> Can you take us back to the beginning? Where are you from, and how did you land at the College of Steubenville? I'm from Weirton, just across the river. And I uh, went to high school, though, at Catholic Central here. We didn't have Madonna built at the time. And while at uh, Catholic Central, uh, we had a career day where we had different uh, groups coming in to talk to us and about college and about our future. And I was very impressed with two things. Number one, impressed with the uh, dentist that was there talking to us about dental profession. And, but I was also impressed with uh, Audrey Savistone, who was from the university and 
represented the university, and she talked about how good the different departments were, especially biology and chemistry that I was going to be majoring in. And that impressed me tremendously and uh, ended up deciding to come to the Franciscan University, back then the College of Stephenville. Well, I mean, I feel like that can be a start to anybody's journey, but you really, you so you, you came across the river. <clears throat> yes. And you came to the college. Now, did you stay, did you live at home or did you live, what was, did no. you live on campus? They, we didn't even have a campus when Correct. you first came, Correct. right? Okay. Yeah, no campus uh, at all. Uh, so I stayed at home and commuted back and forth, which was quite easy, and uh, uh, ended up joining a fraternity once I uh, uh, got involved with the university, the Omicron Alpha Kappa, which was the Old Oaks fraternity. Tremendous, tremendous experience. I mean, the university just was a completely different and better experience than high school was, first of all, because of... Uh, the action of all the kids, the different uh, groups that you could get involved with. I was involved with not only the fraternity, the Oak Fraternity, but it was also involved with the uh, science club that they had at the university where we had different speakers coming in to talk to us about medicine and dentistry on a regular basis. So it was really, uh, the university was just a great place for me to go. I just enjoyed it tremendously and, uh, and enjoyed all the different classes. But we had what they called a north campus, and then we had the main campus that was the administration building. The administration building was right next to the chancery office. In downtown in down, Steubenville. In downtown Steubenville right. on Washington Street. Right. And in that building, you had all the different offices of the president, the vice president, the financial officer. Incidentally, the financial officer at that time was Rose DeFeedy, who has been around forever and ever, and I remember her so well. But also, the president was Father Dan Egan, and I remember him very, very well. He was the president for about uh, two, at least two years of my, of my uh, stay at the, at the College of Stephenville at that time. So that was the, the North Campus, or the South Campus, I right. should say, on Washington Street. And it housed not only the administration, but it also had a library in the basement that was uh, quite a large library and quite uh, quite uh, extensive. Hmm. The second floor was the chemistry, two chemistry labs, one right across the hall from the other in chemistry classes. Then in the back of that same floor was the administration building. The second floor was a number of classrooms for English, for history, for uh, various other uh, subjects that were being taught. And then they even had a, a third floor <clears throat> pardon me, even had a third floor that was uh, a small lounge. It was only partial, uh, partially uh, took up part of the building mm -hmm. on, on the top floor. And that was a lounge, but I think there were a couple faculty uh, offices also. So it was, it was a good place. And right next door to the chancery office, we could go over there to mass on occasions. And, yes. uh, and the bishop was a good friend of mine from high school because he taught in the high school, mm. Bishop John King Muzio. And I would go over there and occasionally confer with him about, uh, about my future. And sure enough, when it came time, he wrote me a letter of recommendation to uh, WVU Dental School where I was accepted and, uh, and transpired with that. But then, getting back to the university, we had a North Campus. We called it the North Campus, and, and very proudly did so because it had uh, 
about an acre of ground that had uh, a large uh, house on it, and then in the back of that house were two barracks buildings that that the government initially owned and uh, used during WW2, and they gave that to the university, and it was transformed into classrooms. So we had classrooms in the barracks buildings as well as in the old house in the front. In fact, I had my comparative anatomy class in that large uh, house in the front there. Now, where where was this North Campus? Because we, we no one was on the hill yet, yes, right? Correct. I mean, that was literally covered in trees correct. when you went to the College of Student yes. So where was this North Campus? It was right across the street from a clave funeral home, a large uh, house down there that was just beautiful, that was uh, built uh, back in the early 1900s. But they, it was a funeral home. And many, many times we we students would look at that place and say, boy, wouldn't that be a great spot for part of the university to be or a fraternity house? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so it was, it was really a beautiful house. but And it's still down there. It's now part of the uh, Stimmonville High School's uh, either their board or their uh, uh, extensive oh, offices. Okay. So that part of And they just changed it. But then along with that, uh, they also had another house that the university acquired that they used as the activities building. And it was one of these nice old houses with upstairs, downstairs, but a big mm-hmm. living room, dining room mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. That's what we used as students for our dances and, and had a snack bar there and uh, upstairs had meeting rooms for the different clubs and different organizations of the university. Wow, you really took, this was pre-household, but you really took yes. that to another level. You were literally... In a house. Yes. That, that was your activity yes, center. Yes, right. Exactly I wish students right. could, could imagine that when they're at dances at Franciscan now in the yes. JC and think they used to have dances in a living room, basically. Yes, yes you know? right. A living room, dining room combination. But you know how big those rooms were at that time yes. because they were uh, – the, the houses were large houses with, with, with big rooms in, in every one of them. Especially in that area. Yes. Right yes. there. That's where the Steubenville High School is. Now, it's close It's close by there. It's it's uh, north of the high school. Oh, about okay. two About a block and a half north, there of, uh, okay. north of there. Wow. So it was, really, it was really neat. It was really nice. And we'd walk back and forth from one campus to the other when we, when we had different classes. Uh, uh, chemistry would not have that up in up in the Washington Street uh, building, and then uh, biology I would have it down in the uh, in, up up in the North Campus uh, part there. Wow! So it was really neat, and and loved it, enjoyed it, and uh, uh, just just had a uh, a good time learning and enjoying uh, enjoying uh, the college life. What did you when? Did you know what you were going to study when you went or what? Yeah. What did you end up studying? When I started at the university, at the uh, the college, I knew that I wanted to major in biology and chemistry. And I was quite certain that I wanted dentistry to be my profession, to be my long-term profession. I did look into other areas, but uh, dentistry always came out on top. Mm. And then when I was in college, I, during the summer months, I worked at Weirton Steel for two summers. I worked at Signode Steel for one summer. Wow. But then I also, during the school years, would work at the, uh, at the hospitals. I, I worked at Weirton General Hospital. I was on call. I, 
they taught me all about the doing laboratory exams, you know, the uh, complete blood counts. Wow. Uh, the blood chemistries, you know, mm. the blood sugars and all that. And then I would take the blood from the patients uh, in a lot of cases. And uh, that was very interesting. And uh, so I worked there as well as the Gill Hospital that was the precursor of St. John Hospital. and Which and was the precursor of Trinity Hospital, right? Yes, correct. Because okay. uh-huh, it, it, it went from... Uh, the Gill to St. John Hospital mm-hmm. to Trinity, Trinity East and West now, uh, because uh, Trinity ended up, or uh, I should say, uh, uh, St. John's ended up buying up Ohio Valley Hospital, so it became Trinity East and West. Wow! But a lot of good experiences there, and that solidified my my desire to go into dentistry because I got to watch a lot of operations and and then I just enjoyed uh, I just enjoyed all that experience but but I really decided on dentistry as my long-term profession. Wow dentistry is such a unique practice because I feel like people have a a stigma of dentistry. <laughs> did yes. did you enjoy going to the dentist as a child? Uh at times. <laughs> back then, back when I was a youngster, they didn't even numb your, numb your teeth Ooh. with xylocaine or novocaine Ooh. and uh, wow. to get a filling. And it was a little tougher back in those days. But <laughs> I saw all the new modern techniques and everything and the different surgeries that they did uh, to help them the improve them, the uh, health of the mouth and uh, health of the body, really. And uh, so it mm-hmm. was It was really desirable. I mean, I just ended up liking it much better because I spent time also in different uh, private offices to observe and see what all they were doing. And I just enjoyed seeing them doing crown preps, taking impressions and, uh, and all those good things, you know. Hmm. So it was, it, it was definitely the field that I chose and, and loved and yeah. still love to this day. Yeah. <laughs> How long did you end up practicing? Oh, my. Well, I practiced all told 50 years, oh but, my goodness. but I, the last, say, uh, 10 years of that, of my practice, I really tapered off because uh, I had my son and my son-in-law, my son, Jack, and my son-in-law, Tom Atanzo, both in the practice, and I could leave whenever I wanted to. So we started <laughs> taking more trips and more vacations, nice. but it was great. It was, it was just a nice way to slow down and, uh, eventually retire. How long was dental school back then? So you graduated from the College of Steubenville, and then you said you went to West Virginia University um, for dental school. Was it a shorter time than it is now to Uh, get through it? No, it it was still four years, four years of of dental school. And then after that, you could take uh, an internship if you wanted to. And I decided to go into the service because they still had the draft at that time. So I signed up uh, to go into the uh, Army Reserves, and I've spent two years of active duty and four years of reserve duty uh, with Uncle Sam. But that uh, the active duty was like a rotating internship where I was able to go into the different departments and learn more techniques of, uh, of that particular department, that particular specialty. So you were a dentist mm-hmm. in the army? Correct. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So where did where did the army take you? Were you local or did you travel? No, we we had to go to Fort Leonard Wood. Now where's uh, that? In Missouri. Fort okay. Leonard Wood, Missouri. 
but uh, had like a basic training down in uh, in Texas, Fort Sam Houston. Hmm. So it was really interesting, and I was married at that time. In fact, uh, Judy and I, I, I met Judy when I was a junior in college at the College of Stimmenville. And she was also at, at the college then? No, she, okay. was, she was coming to some of those nice dances that we had. <laughs> Had on Fourth Street. She there knew where to go. The, uh, <laughs> she knew where to go. The fraternity house. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, no, it wasn't the fraternity. Well, the, it was that. Uh, it was the, the activities activity building. Activity center. She was like, I'm going to meet some nice college boys. That's get, right. Get well, actually, studying. one of the college girls that I knew quite well, she brought her and introduced me to Judy, and and it was love at first sight. And uh, sure enough, uh, so we got married in dental school. Why? Because. If I would have to travel from Morgantown back home to keep that relationship going, it would oh, be a, yes. it'd be a tough thing. So Judy and I said, "Let's get married before we even Aww. before we even commence the uh, the dental school." Right. So it worked out just great, just great. Wow! And so, Judy has been a a partner with you in your business, right, for yes, many years. Yes. Yes. Well, she she helped set up our computer system and everything up at the office, and uh, and uh, did a great job at it. And so she's been. She's been with me now for sixty-four years. Wow! So quite a quite a quite a long stretch. Congratulations! But it's been great. The, the good Lord has watched over all of us and our family for so many years, and mm. it's, we've just been so thankful to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So you had a child, right, when you were in dental school? In dental school, yes, correct. We had Beth in dental school, okay, and then had the other four children just after dental school and, and beyond, and so it worked out. It's worked out great. We have the five children: okay. Beth, Jack, David, Patty, and Chris. Great, and uh, they're all super kids, super nice, super good kids. <laughs> and they're they're not. I mean, you know, they're young. Definitely still, but they have kids of their own oh, yes. and they have yes. children that have also come to the university because yes. we were yes. talking about this before <clears> we, <throat> we pressed record that how many of your children came here? Four, did you say came here to uh, Franciscan? Th- three of my five okay, children three. came here, but three of my five oh, right. in-law children came here also. Right. And, uh, and now we have 16 grandchildren and... 18 great-grandchildren. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And, and we've had a good number of the grandchildren come up here also. In fact, we just had one graduate. Uh, Mikey Irvin just graduated in uh, uh, last month. Aww. That's pretty amazing. It, so, it's, it's I mean, great. you now get to see your grandchildren come to Franciscan. Mm-hmm. So that also means that you have seen the campus change, administrations oh, yes. change. Um, we mentioned earlier, too, that you um, were on the board of trustees for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, 12 what, years. what have you seen in all of your years in leadership roles, in service roles? I mean, you, you've literally seen it built from the ground up. Yes, yes. Tremendous change over the many years. Uh, the university started when I was there. I think we had less than 200 students in our class graduating. At the college, at yeah. At the college. Uh, more, more like 100 students, no doubt. But it is little by little built up. And my senior year... My junior year, uh, the president, Father Dan Egan, announced and showed pictures of the new campus that, uh, that was going to be built up on the hill here. And sure enough, that materialized little by little. Mm-hmm. And today, it's still materializing even more. They're just uh, starting to build a, a brand new uh, uh, 
bunch of buildings that yes. are going to house many of the different departments that they really need up here, engineering being one of them. Yes. And uh, nursing, they're going to expand that tremendously. And so the university has really grown and I've seen all of the, I've known all of the different presidents of the university over the years, but the one that really stands out is Father Mike Scanlon. He just has taken hold and built up this university bigger and greater than it's ever been uh, with enrollment, with, uh, with academics, and all of that. So, uh, so we have a lot to thank Father Mike Scanlon for. All of the other presidents did a nice, good job likewise. But uh, Father Mike really stands out as uh, being one of the top helpers building up the university here. And yeah. today we have Father Dave Pavanka uh, helping out, and he is doing a great job likewise. Uh, I'm not on the board of trustees any longer, but my son Chris is on the board of trustees. My son-in-law Tom Matanzo is on the board of advisors, and they just uh, love their their job of, of helping the university grow and get even bigger, better, and stronger. Hmm. Amen. And um, you were saying earlier, um, uh, Dr. Irvin was showing us a picture of the hill where they were clearing land to make the university. And he was saying that a name that we all should know, you were saying Michael Starvaggi helped the, or I guess the college at the time, helped Mm -hmm. Father Egan acquire this land. And everybody should know that name because it's the name of the administration, admissions, building. Um, So what you were, you said you were kind of around for that, right? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I I was a senior when I saw the construction just starting up here on the campus uh, where they were just moving dirt and earth. But by the time I got out of dental school, they already had uh, the university started up here with, with many of the buildings, and Starvaggi Hall was one of them. There you go. And that was the administration building. So they, they did indeed name it after Mike Starvaggi, but many other good buildings uh, you know, have, have gone up since then. Uh, mm-hmm. Father Matt Finnegan, uh, I knew him well, and we have the Finnegan Fieldhouse. and well, uh, And Egan, And right? Egan, yes, yes. Uh, the Egan Hall, Father Dan Egan. Uh, just, uh, it was a great experience to be able to say that I knew personally each and every president of this, mm-hmm. of this university from beginning till now. And, and, and now we still have another great man leading, leading the, the helm of the university. And that's father Dave Pavanka. He is doing an outstanding job. They just made their goal of $75 million for I mean, this brand new brand new facility that's going to house many of the other departments that they needed to expand. Mm-hmm. It's so needed, you yes, know, yes, because so is. many people <clears throat> want to stay at a Catholic university. So many people want to stay at Franciscan, but if, you know, they don't have their degree or their area of expertise. I mean, I know a lot of people that have had to start engineering here and then go somewhere else. Yes, correct. You know, but if they can stay here, they'd much rather stay here. Oh. Even, even, with the notoriety of other names, you mm-hmm. know, these bigger universities, they'd much rather stay here with their community, with the friendships they built, sure. with the professors they admire and they want to, yes. you know, foster yes. a professional relationship with too, you know? Yes. So. Yes. Speaking of professors, uh, I had some very outstanding professors at my time here at the university. And uh, a couple of them that I think I should mention is Dr. Paul Stokely. He was a tremendous biology professor. Uh, Mr. Carmen Serafini, who taught uh, microbiology and uh, excellent course. And uh, 
and many, many others. Of course, uh, John Kerrig, who was an outstanding historian, and uh, so just so many other professors that were just so great and that I just really enjoyed their company and enjoyed their, their, their expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like if you have such a tight or close-knit community down there on you know the original campus that it made it easy to be close with the professors and have those office hours or time spent with them. Yes, yes, very true. You, you didn't have, have to make an appointment necessarily. You just walk in on them or see them on the street, you know, yeah. see them out outside of the classroom and so it was really neat it was nearly a neat experience i very much enjoyed it because it was so personal yes. compared to going to wvu where you knew your particular your p- particular right. department that you were in but other than that you didn't know the rest of the campus hmm. but here you knew just about everyone you know and right and you were mentioning before about the gi bill and mm-hmm. how Kind of that was a big part of the campus at that time. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you experienced with those students? Uh, those students were excellent. They, they were fellows that had already put a couple of years or more into the, into the service. They were getting out. Some of them were married. Uh, many of them were married. Uh, but they joined up with the fraternities. They were active. They wanted to be part of the university's uh, social life as well as their the uh, professional life, so they were just excellent men and uh, and women, and uh, I just really enjoyed being friends with so many of them. In fact, uh, a good no- number of them were in the Oaks fraternity, and mm. uh, uh, it was it was just a great great time. We had meetings, and uh, after the meetings, we would many times go to a spaghetti house, mm. Feder- ah. Federico's Spaghetti House. Hey. Oh, it was a great place, and we'd we'd sit there and have spaghetti and meatballs and maybe a beer also. Yeah, <laughs> you have to, you have to get but that too. Sing, sing some songs and, uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Oh. De Federico was a uh, teacher of Dean Martin how to sing. You know, he used wow. to give Dean Martin lessons. And uh, so, uh, so geez, a lot of history in this good old town here. Jay. I feel like you're a secret <clears throat> link that I've, I mean, I know of you. I have known of you, but I didn't know how many lives you touched. I mean, you're talking about Bishop Musio here, you know, and if yes. people know anything about the town, a lot of things are named after him. And he yes. was the innovative bishop for the Diocese of Steubenville. I mean, he had to really very, build it from the ground up and very, figure out very much so creative ways of how to, I mean, really run a rural diocese. And then, you know, you're talking about all the presidents of Franciscan I feel like this is the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, but it's like the one degree of Dr. John Irvin. He knows everybody. So if you need a story, then you just ask him, right? Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Can you tell us a little bit about your um, the experiences of athletics during your oh, time? Oh, yes, yes. Hank Kuzma was a good, uh, became a good friend of mine. As, as a coach, he was, he was excellent. He just was so great. And at the time when he was coaching, my freshman and sophomore year, he was dating his wife-to-be, Kay, Kay Kuzma. Aww. And sure enough, they ended up getting married, and they were just a great couple. And, and I've known Hank since the very beginning. And he ended up, uh, uh, after some, ended up doing great with the teams and bringing yes. it to a national champ. And then later on, he left the Franciscan University and went back to, uh, to teaching and coaching elsewhere. But then later on, 
he came back here to Stibbenville. In fact, he called me up one night and he said, John, he said, uh, Franciscan wants me to come back and start coaching again. What do you think? And I says, Hank, would love to have you back here. You were excellent when you were here. I remember it so well. And I would watch, and I think I watched all of the basketball yes. games. I mean, they were, uh, they were just the highlight of our social activity, you know, because it was such a great thing to see Hank win so many games by being so making such good decisions, you know. And he had a lot of good players, Big Jim Smith, and uh, and a whole bunch of other good guys. I, I could rattle off a bunch of names, but for but those he, that don't know, can you tell us who Big Jim Smith is? He was about a, a six foot four. Oh, no, taller than that, six foot five or six, oh seven, goodness. something like that. But he was an excellent player, a good, good man from Pennsylvania. But he came down here and, and went to the university. They didn't have dormitories, but they did have two houses that they were able to put up certain students that were from out of town if they wanted to stay. Uh, on, on, uh, but they weren't on campus necessarily, right. but they were on 4th Street there. They called the Alpha House. Mm-hmm. and uh, the Delta House. So it was, it, was, it was nice that some of these out-of-town students, including uh, some of the basketball players, could stay at those houses mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, enjoy, enjoy uh, the life of the students and life of the campus. But Hank was a great guy. And strangely enough, he and, uh, when he came back to town, he was so glad to be back here and uh, he did quite well again uh, and just tried to build the, the teams up so much, the basketball team. But it was a hard challenge because uh, there was so much competition at that time. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, Hank and Kay both became not only close friends, but patients of mine. <laughs> and it, it was just a nice relationship and a nice friendship that I had with Hank. And uh, it was very, very wonderful. But the, but the uh, college games were just the highlight of every week and and i was always there for them in fact i i a fraternity brother of mine was their photographer and i would many times go along with him carrying all his paraphernalia to be able to take the good pictures and i would be able to uh, get in the games rather readily even when they were jam-packed there you go you could be the assistant <laughs> that, right? that's right just that's hide yourself right. under some lenses and you're good to go that's that was right yeah <laughs> Okay, so you mentioned that you were here on the Board of Trustees, but I don't know if many people know that you were in a really close relationship while you were on the Board of Trustees, just um, working together all the time with Father Michael Scanlon. You had a lot of years where you were you know, working with him on different um, plans for the university and, and his vision. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because he's such a giant you know, in our history. Yes, Father Mike was definitely the most important man, important president in my lifetime that uh, was here at the university. He really had a vision, and his vision came true because he worked hard at it, and he worked steadily at it. But a great man, good speaker, when he came on campus, he saw, he saw the need for the students to get back going to Mass on a regular basis. So he made it a point that he would say the Mass and give the homily for every Sunday Mass that was, that was on, on schedule. And this way, the students got to know him in a deeper personal way because he would talk personally to them in, their, in, their, in his homilies. 
and then got to know them by greeting each one of them and getting to know many of their names. He would even get the pictures, the student pictures of all the students so that he could look through and see what their names were so mm. that he could call them by name and no know way. who they were. Like when they were coming in yes. as freshmen? That they would take a picture for their right. ID cards. Right. He would get uh, the summary of all those pictures. Oh, my goodness. And, and try to put the names with them and so that he would get to know them on campus. Wow. But he was just great in everything that he did, I thought. And he was excellent in uh, chairing the board and, and running the board of trustees. Uh, and, uh, and he just little by little started building many times, uh, and then he asked me to be on the board, so I came on the board in 1976, I believe it oh, wow. was, 76 or 77, and was on for 12 years. Well, during that time, I saw how he continually worked to build up the university, to build up the campus, and to build up the student life with their religious life, and trying to constantly uh, get them to uh, be, be participants at uh, daily mass as well as Sunday liturgies. So he just did a super job of continually building up the up the university with good faculty, with good staff, with uh, uh, with newer buildings, with newer projects. And then uh, around 1977 or eight, he decided to have a capital campaign for a million dollars. Well, a million dollars back then seemed like a lot of money, but when he threw it out to, uh, to the local groups here in Stephenville, it was not received that well. Some of them said to me, John, he will never get a million dollars. Well, guess what? He ended up getting more than a million dollars. <laughs> and that was the beginning of the university's growth and rebuilding process. He was personal friends with John Paul II. He could go over to visit him at any time and stay and can celebrate Mass with him. He, could note, he had his telephone number and could no doubt call him up any time he had a serious question about wow. faith or oh morals gosh. or values or about the church <laughs> itself. He was, just, he was that close with John Paul II. And, uh, and, and just a tremendous speaker. Went all over the country. He had that... Uh, faith intercession and repentance group uh, that just went all over the United States giving talks. I think they even went over to uh, to Europe there for a couple of uh, speeches. But it just really got the university known throughout the entire United States. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then bishops would get to know him, and they bishops from other states, from other cities, would get to know Father Mike realize what a good Franciscan university this was, they would send their students, they would recommend to their students that they come to the university. So we had students from every state in the country here at the university, as well as many foreign countries, including some princes, some some princes and princesses. And uh, (laughs) so it was just well-known uh, well-known throughout the whole world. He really put it on the map internationally he, yes. and nationally. Yes. He, he was like a missionary for his own university. Yes, exact, like, exactly really, right. Yeah. Really a beggar for yeah. the for the cause. He yes. was like, here we are. We need, you know, we want you to come here, right? Yes. Yep, very, very true. And that really did shape the identity oh my to goodness. what it is today compared to a little college in Steubenville yes. where, uh, you know, people coming back from the war going to this, international nice. name that is yes. well known now yes That's very, huge. very true you were even telling us before we began that 
um, you know, the bishop of Steubenville would go to visit the Pope and he would ask him, he would ask him, how's Father Mike and how's Franciscan University? Yes, not, right, not how right. is the diocese? You yes, know? very and he true. And would say, very oh my true. goodness. And you were, you were also saying that he, uh, Father Mike brought him an honorary degree. Yes. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? At the time, the Pope was never allowed to receive honorary degrees from any university or any organization. Why? Because he would be inundated with oh, so many, daily, so many right? uh, off offers to you know to come to their school or to receive the honorary degree. So Father Mike knew this, but the Board of Trustees gave him permission to take one of the honorary degrees over to Rome when he was visiting over there and just casually give it to the Pope. <laughs> and, just pull um, it out of his pocket. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. Well, immediately, uh, Bishop Chavitz said, no, 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 he's not allowed to have, he's not allowed to accept uh, honorary degrees from uh, any, any place. The Pope said, ah, he says, hold on. He says, I'm the boss. I'm going to accept this honorary degree from Father Michael. And he did. And, uh, and apparently kept it for many, many years, if not <laughs> for the rest of his days. You know. <laughs> wow. But quite a, quite a story that uh, the Pope would, but that's how much the Pope thought of Franciscan University mm -hmm. and Father Mike Scanlon. Yeah. Uh, because he had, he had seen the work that he had heard of and seen the mm -hmm. work that Father Mike had done here at the university, as well as evangelizing all over the world, trying to build the church up and trying to build uh, life up spiritual life up hmm. so really a great uh, great man he was my he was a golfing buddy of mine he was a confessor <laughs> we came up to mass here many many times at the university with the whole family you know and uh, judy and all the kids and uh, so quite quite a relationship with father mike and in in the board meetings he was just excellent he knew exactly what needed to be done he knew exactly what direction to go hmm. in almost every case he he just was really uh Really a man to be admired for the tremendous abilities that he had and the tremendous foresight that he had for the university. Hmm. And, the, and it went, in during his time, it went from being the College of Stibbonville to Franciscan, uh, no, to uh, the uh, University of Stibbonville, mm -hmm. and then to Franciscan University of Stibbonville, then to just Franciscan <laughs> University. And now that's what it's mainly known as, is Franciscan yeah, University. Right. Man, and you've seen it through all those days. It's I'm just so honored to be here in your presence oh, and to hear no. all these stories. I'm I'm never I'm never honored to be. That's no. <laughs> awesome. But but I, I love awesome. I love being here and I love the university and I love doing whatever I can to help the university. Yeah. Did you have some other questions about we did. Uh, favorite professors? Yeah, so you've kind of told us who your favorite professors yeah, were. Dr. Stokely was was a uh, uh, biology professor, and he was just so excellent, very, very organized, very, very good. Another professor was uh, in the biology department was Carmen Serafini. He had his master's degree but did not have his Ph.D., but he was excellent, really knew how to teach us well. Uh, favorite classes, uh, biology naturally, microbiology, anatomy, and no doubt the favorite friars were, of course, Father Kevin Keelan, uh, Father Dan Egan, Father Matt Finnegan, 
Father Bonaventure Kylie. You Matt, knew a lot. All you these knew, OGs. Yeah, I was going to say, basically, you walk around campus, you're like, knew him, knew him, yes, knew him, yes. all the buildings. You're just like <laughs> taking a selfie with and, the buildings. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, you know, it, it's amazing to know all these names and know that I shook hands with them and, and knew some of them very personally. Right, you know, yes, very, right. Very well. How I, about your favorite place to study as a student? Did you have a favorite place? Because, I mean, you talked about the yes. two buildings downtown. Yes, the, the library that they had. In the basement, was in right? The, okay. It was in a basement, but it was only a half basement. Okay. You know, it wasn't completely mm -hmm. submerged. Uh, and uh, that, that was a very nice place, well lit, uh, had many, mm. many good books in there, but always quiet. And mm. so that was a good place to study. But uh, I'm so uh, impressed with our students. A lot of them actually like studying in the library, yes. you know, mm. in John Paul II library yeah. or... Um, I think when we had Dr. Marianne Sunyoger, when Starvaji had the library before John Paul II was built, she said that a lot of people would study in there. So I'm just really impressed with our students. I mean, I guess yes. all these <laughs> wonderful alumni that we're talking to have been very successful in their right. lives. So yes. I feel like that maybe that's like a hint, hint to yes. current students. Study yes. in the go, library. Go to the library. <laughs> well, Use it. I did a lot of studying at home, too, because I was a commuter. Mm, that's and, true. Uh, yeah. But Marianne Sunyoger, geez, I've known her since she's been a youngster Aww. and yep. uh, was in our parish at uh, Holy Family, and she used to sing there. And then she started teaching at Catholic Central and yes. had such a good reputation, got her Ph.D. and went on to teach her at the university. And and uh, I understand she's getting ready to retire in another year or two. Yes, yes, but, uh, yes. And we actually interviewed her. She was one of our early guests. Oh, so great. yeah, listeners can go back and listen. She is, she's to her. quite a quite quite a teacher. Quite she's a got quite a young quite quite a good lady. Mm -hmm. Yes, good teacher and great great student. She had some wonderful stories. Yes. Um, have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place? Yes, I've run into. Uh, uh, different alumni in airports or, or <laughs> when, when we're traveling to different, you know, different cities and all of a sudden you see somebody that, uh, yep. that you know is familiar and sure enough, you, you say hello and find out that uh, they, they were would. classmates. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, being yeah. from Stephenville, this happens many, many times. And Judy and I almost can't go anywhere without <laughs> running into someone that we knew from back home here. Right. So it's, it's amazing. All right. Well, our last question for you, and then we'll let you get off probably to the, the golf course today. <laughs> it's um, a nice day out. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, Where did you take Judy on your first date? Ah, on our first date. Well, I met her at the Franciscan University, their activities building that they had. Uh, and uh, a friend of hers who was a student here introduced me to Judy and uh, I danced with her, and the next week, danced with her again. Aww. Well, at that time, she really, I mean, she really impressed me from the very beginning. So I said, uh, Judy, would you like to go out this Saturday to a movie? And yes, yes, she would. Aww. So I took her to a movie that time, and we stopped and had a bite to eat, and, uh, and that was the last time I dated any other girl. Aww. Wow, and doing three dates. Doing, doing college <laughs> life, I enjoyed I mean, I, uh, I danced and or I dated a number of girls, right, very, very right. nice girls, and took them to different fraternity dances and different uh, mm. yeah. uh, dates, but never got serious about anyone. But once I started dating Judy, that was it. Mm. She was the love of my life and still is Aww. after 64 years. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wonderful. Yeah, 
So God Good. bless, God bless the Lord, or the Lord God blessed me yeah. with, right. with an excellent wife and an excellent children and family, and mm-hmm. uh, just just love them all. Yeah. Well, so thank th- you thank for you, blessing us with your presence and with all that you do for the university. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for all the richness and the history that you right. bring. And I'm so happy to have this right. uh, cataloged for people to know the history and how you've been a part of that. Right. Well, it's it's really been a who's who of the, um, I don't know, the longevity of the university yes. and, and every yes. everywhere it's been and how it's grown. And um, do you have any final advice for students? that are here when you come here plan to study hard party a little (laughs) (laughs) have to have some fun and and set your sights on what you want to do with the rest of your life and and keep close to the lord because he's the one that's going to guide you through the rest of your life Amen. amen amen thank you thank you for joining us on another episode of legends from the hill If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.